0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Grant Schwartz with the Conscious Athletics Podcast here for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information on what we're doing here, please take a second to visit us at ConsciousAthletics.net and or ConsciousAthletics on Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit BeCooler.org. guys so it's me again grant schwartz here conscious athletics another episode if you're here again for this then you've made it through the first couple which i'm, I'm happy to say because there's some technical difficulties but uh I feel like we're getting our groove now um on the on the podcast today we got um i think someone that's going to bring a lot of a uh, lot of context to the conversation we've been having um when david fails um david had a had a, a a very very interesting career actually um, from my Wikipedia stalking, <laughs> but um, definitely not a definitely not a straight path to to his end goal. Um, David grew up in Northern California and Salinas is that correct, David? Yep, yep. Uh, so you know he, he played California football, but it was like that it was that secondary tier. He wasn't in Southern
1: California. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, is, I mean Bay Area is kind of nuts too, but yeah, oh, yeah. it's not SoCal.
0: No, yeah, we always we always joke about about uh the, the the differences between Southern California football, Northern California football, Ohio football, Florida football, that kind of stuff. But um, at at that point, you know, David was coming out of high school. Um, I believe you you went to Nevada, correct? Yeah, yes, yeah, I went to UNR. Um, and you at at that point, um, that was during the same time that that uh that Kaepernick was there, right?
1: Yeah, he was a junior the year I was there. Yeah, and okay. that was kind of like when he. I think he had had a decent year the year before, but he balled out that year, and then was kind of started to get on the draft boards. For sure,
0: and then so that, and then you were. How long were
1: you there at Nevada for? <clears throat> it was there for a fall. I I got there, stayed there during the summer. I was trying to be like get on on have a a good first impression, so I went to all the right. summer training, um, right. and then was there for a fall. Realized pretty quickly I was not going to be Kaepernick and. <laughs> And then before I even made an official decision, Coach Alt pulled pulled me in in December when they were going to go to the bowl game and said I wouldn't be traveling. And he's like, you'll never play here. You can stay on um, scholarship like um, Luke. I think I forgot his last name, but his name was Luke. And he he was like a third string guy, had been on scholarship for four years, but was never going to play. He's like, you can be like Luke, but you'll never play. Wow. It wasn't going to take me to the bowl game because I, I think he had heard that I went and met with a junior college back home, which I'm not even sure how, right. how that got around. When um, I went home like one weekend and I just wanted to see like, hey, if I if I leave, will I have an opportunity to compete at this junior course, college yeah. and get and get a chance to bounce back? And I think someone found out, which is still, I don't know why. <laughs> I, regardless, even if you found out and you wanted to, you you just recruited me a year ago right now you're you're done with me it was it was kind of weird but yeah it just pulled me in and said I wouldn't be traveling that's a gut punch man yeah it was but for whatever reason at that time I was like I was so confident it was so weird like (laughs) at that moment I was like yeah well I want to play so thanks i'm
0: out no i appreciate the the the, the uh the clarity the clarity there yeah i mean i guess that's better than in, in certain situations uh like for me like they kind of dragged it on they're always like no no like you know we we have plans for you they're like you're we're gonna put you here you're gonna you know this that and the other and so i just kind of got dragged along so maybe it's better that they just shot you between the eyes and you're able to you know kind of move on in, 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 a, in a different situation
1: yeah because i kind of knew like even before i committed i probably shouldn't have gone there because it, it was cavernic and he and he's runs a four four. Right. He's running all the time. I am not that. I <laughs> am probably running like a five one at that time. And but they they but I, I was athletic enough and I could throw the ball well enough that they were like, hey, before Kaepernick it was this guy Jeff Rowe. It was more of a passing style offense. Right. And we that's, we that's what we that's what we want to get back to. And I was like, okay, sweet. And they offered me like they they were all they were always visiting me. They were um Just way more interested than than anything else I had, so I was like, "Let's do it." And I was kind of, it it was, I was excited too. It was my only offer, my junior year, my only offer, and really the only offer i have been getting. And so we just we committed a little prematurely.
0: Yeah, no, I know, I know how that goes. I remember uh, Colorado State was my first offer, and I like. (laughs) I was going to be, I was going to be a Ram, but I didn't care. I was like, I called my dad. I was like, that's it, bro. We're going to Colorado State. like, calm down. You know, it was my dream as well. And I was like, no, nah, man, it's Colorado State for sure. So I know what that feeling is. And then to go there and like have all the confidence and then, you know, have the situation not work out. And that's the thing about, about sports is you can be, you know, extremely talented, but if the situation or timing is not right, it doesn't matter. And you know, th- these coaches are, they don't give a fuck, dude. They're so cutthroat. It They're
1: happens. So cutthroat. I recognize that more in the league than I did in college because I think it's a little bit harder for people to recruit high school kids into college because there's such a like if you look at kids in high school versus like their sophomore or third year or fourth year in college it's like they're not even recognizable and I'm like how did you how do you see that you know like some guys will take a leap on people that started out as a as like a tight end like there's a a guy that I played with he started he's a walk-on tight end and ends up playing in the league for like eight or nine years as a left tackle Wow. Like, how do you see that? You know, um, yeah. the NFL, I think it, it's a little bit easier to see the talent. And I'm like, there's so many guys that don't get chances just because there's not enough opportunity up there.
0: Yep. Yep. So, so, okay. So you're, you're at, you're at uh, uh, Reno for, or you're in Reno for a year. That doesn't work out. You go back and then, so you were at, uh, what was it? Monterey uh, community college?
1: Yeah. Monterey Peninsula college. And um, I knew the coach and it was, it's like 30 minutes from where <laughs> I grew up. Okay. um such a cool place to go to junior college like if exactly. you know like yeah like pebble beach oh, yeah. and carmel like i'm driving highway one every morning to get to school and i'm this is just like normal right, right. as like as i moved on and went to different places like man such a cool place to, to go to junior college oh
0: yeah um, right. was and what was that what was that like uh you know taking a step back like i know for me i was always like man i can't go back to a junior college my ego wouldn't let me um, so what was that like going back and like taking a step back from you know what your dream was, which is to play division one football?
1: Yeah, it uh, it was a big learning experience because I still was that guy. I was like, I'm D1, I'm coming back for a year to ball out, and then I'm going back to D1. Right. Um, so I definitely was a little entitled, and it was like one of the best things that ever happened to me because this coach that I had, Mike Rasmussen, he had been he coached division one, been to a different uh, uh, handful of different schools and he ran it kind of like a d1 program um but he did not care who you were it was like it's going to be fair it's going to be competition and you're gonna have to earn everything and i was just like really i've i haven't earned it yet like i'm i'm definitely one of the better players here like i should be given it almost and he made me earn it i rotated the first five games and um was like questioning everything like why did i leave did i just mess up like now, am I never going to get my education paid for? Um, um, I was worried about all the wrong things. I'd realized like I don't think I'd ever really competed internally up at that up until that point. Um, right. A little bit at UNR, but like I wasn't really competing. I was the third, fourth guy. High school, I know I was. I was kind of the guy through high school. So right. I just remember thinking like I need to focus on what I can focus on. Like pick one or two things that I can control and just get better every day and like, stop worrying about what the other guy's doing. Stop worrying about shit. I can't control how many reps I'm getting. Cause I was getting fixated on things I couldn't even control. And it was like, messing right. me up. Um, I was like not practicing as well as I was. I wasn't playing as well as I, as I used to. So it helped. I learned a lot. I got a lot better in those two years playing versus like, had I gone to D one and sat for two or three years. So like when I got to San Jose, which a lot happened in between there, Right. I had already like worked on so much shit that I was able to kind of like hang with the guys that have been playing at San Jose. But yeah, so for, for sure. You go.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's that's a, that's an interesting experience because I think you hit the nail on the head there. It was like the 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 ego check and the and the and the fact that you had to, you know, come to work with your with your lunch bell every single day at that point in your career because I talk about it often but i think that's part of you know the reason why a lot of people struggle when they first come in is like you said like you've always been the guy and i i, I say being high on your own supply yeah. and and you see it so much out of these guys um when they get to school it's like who the fuck are you like i don't give a shit like i was i was this that and the other I, I played against this guy i was i was first team that i was you know i got a scholarship here like it's just going to be the same story and like and the truth is, is you get smacked with reality pretty quickly sometimes it sets in on people a little bit later um like for myself but like you know it's it's hard to say because it's you know it's uh you know they're two different uh realities maybe parallel who knows that's a different conversation I guess but um you know if you stay at if you stay um at Nevada you know who do you become do you end up like you know breaking that stereotype of somebody who's like not all the way in you end up playing maybe maybe not maybe you sit the bench and then you know who knows what happens to your career so like you know, in those moments where you feel like, wow, like this, I, I took a step back and then you got there and then it wasn't going exactly the way that you thought. Like I know you had to have those moments where you're like, yeah, man, this was I, I fucked up, this wasn't the right decision. But because you stayed the course and were able to, you know, to swallow your pride and, and to to come to work every single day. I mean, I think that probably ended up setting you up, like you said, for great success at San Jose State and then on and, and then beyond that. So you go to San Jose State and then what what goes on there? So you, was it like an open competition when you got there? Was there a guy who had been starting for a little bit? What was the story?
1: um no I didn't but yeah like and but before I got to San Jose State I also got an offer to Wyoming which I don't know if it's in Wikipedia (laughs) okay (laughs) the Cowboys baby yeah and I I was there for a month I was gonna go and I, I mean I was there but then I realized I wasn't gonna play so like my whole I got during my time at junior college I got clear on what I wanted I thought right. I wanted to be division one and I and I a lot of kids are that way too they want to go D one which is fine it's okay to dream right. but like once you right. realize being a backup or a third string quarterback or player at D one isn't that cool you just want to play you, you miss yep. playing the game right um yep. and so I I knew that's what I wanted and I was okay not going D one because I just I wanted to play right. um for that and i went to wyoming and i realized i wasn't going to play i was going to back up this kid but they were just they needed somebody to as insurance and i was there for like a month during the summer my dad lived an hour away so it was, again like a perfect situation um, but ended up my mom was like well, you're going to leave another division 1 scholarship my dad everyone's like what are you doing you got two and uh, <laughs> i was like man i just like it was, it's so weird um, as a reflect post career on the decisions I made throughout my career to get to where I, I got. It's like, I was so sure of what I wanted and confident and like made some risky moves right. um, that, that panned out like a, a handful. And that was again, one of them. Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe it wasn't risky. Staying there would have been risky. Uh, so then I went to, went back to junior college, played well, played in um, last minute. San Jose State offers me. The only thing I had was Indiana State. And I was going there and they were, they were horrible at the time. And then I ended up going yeah. to San Jose um, coach, John D. Filippo, who's I think with the bears now. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 He came and I had decent numbers. He's like, I wasn't planning on like recruiting anybody down here, but I had a good come look And So he worked me out, which I don't think he was supposed to. And he's like, <laughs> during the workout, he's like, you're going to come to San Jose state. You're going to throw for 3000 plus yards in the next two years. You're going to crush it. And I was like, but he hadn't offered me at this. This is like I just right. met him for like thirty minutes, and I was right. like, "Right, you're like, uh, okay, let's go, come on." Where's uh, the yeah, absolutely. Like, San Stay close nine, to home. home. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then the head coach comes the next week, and then they're waiting on Ryan Katz from Oregon State to make a decision because he was transferring, um, and they had an offer to him, and he took too long, so they ended up offering me. And um, I go to San Jose State, and like <laughs> I I. Talk, I I was rotating with three other guys up until the week of Stanford, okay. like the Sunday before. I would like a lot of the guys that my friends now they're like we didn't even know who you were in the spring and summer because <laughs> I, I I was kind of yeah like yeah doing my own thing unsure, um, but I knew I wanted to play and I was kind of at a point where like I wasn't going to be able to transfer like I was there so. Um, yeah, a lot of the things that i would learned in junior college helped me out big time going into San Jose because I was like, I don't care. Like, I'll run yeah. with the threes. Give me whoever. I'm just, I'm grateful to be out here and play. Sounds and when good. you're in, like, yeah, when you're in that mindset, when you're just, like, not worried about any other bullshit, how many reps you're getting, you're just, like, excited to put the pads on and just be out here and run around like a kid. It's like, I'm, I'm dangerous. And all most decent players are when you're in that mode.
0: Man, that is so that is so freaking true. I can't even tell you. I mean, uh, that that mindset of being going out there and just playing, like you said, like a little kid, is is such a is such a night and day difference from when you're out there trying to press and, and make plays. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's foreign to it's foreign to most people to, to to when you get to that level to have to press to do things right. It's everything has come so natural at that point. So when you're able to go out there and do that, I mean, I remember for me when uh, I was a I was a redshirt sophomore. So I went to Ohio State as a they recruited me as an athlete. Um, you're know, like, you know, you're gonna get here, we're gonna figure it out. So when I got there, you know, they said you know, we're gonna move you to safety. i never even played safety in in high school. Well, I did. I played like I would come in and cover like whatever guy might have been good for the other team, but I was a quarterback in high school. um and like you know, and when i was I was six foot two hundred pounds in high school, and I could run, so when I hit somebody they they moved. but when you when you get to when you get to college <laughs> yeah, school it, like Ohio State, it don't fucking matter and, no, you're you know, not that big guy anymore. <laughs> no, if you're not wrapping up, you're getting bounced all over the place. Um, so I realized that while I was a, I was a pretty good safety, I just was not a consistent tackler. And to be honest, I didn't like banging every day. Like they, I mean, the way that we had our, our, uh, position drills set up every single day, we're just doing one-on-one head on tackling. And I mean, it's not like it's not in high school where you're like, oh, I'm just going to pick out a little Joe Schmo and just, and, 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 you know, ruin his day. It's like the guy across from me was a five-star. The next guy is a four-star. Both of them like to hit you know what i mean you're just like dude bro like it's we're warming up
1: like chill out man what the hell's going on and the freshmen just going way harder than everybody else so exactly exactly (laughs) So,
0: so either way i'm like you know what i'm gonna take my i'm gonna take my skills back over to the offensive side where i can or i can you know showcase a little bit of that either way my redshirt sophomore year i was going into camp i think i was like the fourth guy in the depth chart for receiver so some chance to play in some of our extended packages and things of that nature um and at that time we had had um two uh uh usa army all-american guys coming in a guy by the name of davir posey another guy by uh um lamar thomas both both great guys both great athletes both very much deserving of of the of the rankings that they had either way as you know when those type of guys start coming in like there's a lot of pressure from the coaching staff to play these guys right
1: yeah and
0: so I, i've been holding these guys off throughout camp kind of maintaining my spot um and then you know I, I I can't it was a two a day and it was a it was a morning practice and I just had like I had a, a kind of an uncharacteristic drop and it just got in my head and I could not catch for like the next like six weeks and so of course lost my job you know was was relegated to, to the, the you know the third team and all that kind of stuff and like my mental was so fucked up for so like it, it took me a good year to get myself back to just being like you know what dude forget about all this other noise. Like, let's just go out there and play football. Whatever happens, happens. If, if, if it goes well, great. If not, you know, that's just the way it is. And um, I, it was a little long winded, but it just was such a, like, a, I think that's such an important thing for people to just understand about mindset. Like mindset is so important to, to whatever it is. Obviously sports is very visceral when you have these type of things because it's happening in real time, but that applies to life. You know, if you, if you're not, if you're not coming out with the right attitude and, and putting the, the best foot forward, then there's no way you're going to be successful
1: yeah i feel like I, I relate to that so much not i didn't really have any experiences like that in college um i think because fortunately i was getting enough reps that i was able to kind of like work through my shit i think as a quarterback you get your hands on the ball i like you could have a bad day but you're, you're able to grind it out like you yes. receivers you might not touch a ball a day or once or twice and it's a little bit harder to get those those reps but um I experienced that in the NFL and I kind of like self-sabotage myself mentally to a point where I, I would get like um, more than once where I'm like, I'm getting cut. Yeah. And then once I knew that, and I knew this was it, I was like, fuck it. I don't, I don't care. Like now yeah, I'm going to do whatever I want now. Cause it doesn't matter. What's worse going to happen? Cut. Okay, cool. I'm going to go like, this is my last game. I'm just grateful that I have this opportunity to sure. to play in the league. And then I, I like, I saved it i said in my career a few times, but I, by like, I remember right. mentally shifting and just like falling out.
0: Yeah, that's, 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 that's the good stuff, man. That's, that's the stuff that makes it fun. But um, yeah. So you, you go in there, you're competing at San Jose state, obviously, you know, if you're reading tor- towards the end of the book, it works out for you. So you, 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 when did you win the starting job there?
1: Week. Yeah. Like the Sunday before the Friday game against Stanford. Okay. Um, yeah. That was like, what year was, what year was that? That was 2000. 2012. Okay, and so Stanford they won the Rose Bowl that year. They were they were solid.
0: That's right. Who was it? Was it Hogan? Who was their quarterback?
1: Uh, it was Hogan. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I think it was Hogan. It was for sure him the next year. Um. Nice. I think it was him the that year too. Um. But they were good. I think they had. They had Trent Murphy. Um, that's right. And I um, they, had running, yeah. they had a running
0: back, right? Who was the running back? Gaffney yeah. that year. And they always um, had, they always had
1: tight ends. What, what, was McCaffrey there at that time too? Not, he might have been young, a young guy. But yeah. um, Gaffney was the running back my junior year. I don't know who was my my senior year. Right on. Um, so yeah, that's
0: that's a a little bit different from playing uh, from playing JC in Monterey when you're when you're getting on the field with those
1: guys in, in Stanford I mean, Stadium. Yeah. I know, but for whatever reason, everyone's like, what was the leap from like high school to junior college, junior college at Stanford or, or San Jose? And it really wasn't because there's some freaks in junior college. Just oh, yeah. They just, oh yeah, they can't not pass really, their class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, can't, they can't pass or show up consistently, but like occasionally right. they make it long enough where there's like some guys who should be right. in the league. Like it, it's kind of crazy. It wasn't that hard of a leap. And I think the, the you the surrounding cast obviously is better. I had a bunch of good players around me that had been they had been kind of going through a a transition phase the last two years with the head coach, Coach McIntyre. And right. so they've been grinding it out the last two years, like not doing well. They won a few games the first year. They I think they won five games the year before. And then they just needed they've been playing for two years. They needed somebody to get them the ball. And um right. so I I came in and I'd been playing. So it was kind of like a perfect situation. And we almost, we had an opportunity to beat Stanford, and then we went on a roll. We lost to Utah State, who was also really good that year, Um, but we had, like, one of the best years ever at San Jose. We hadn't finished 21 in the nation.
0: That's right, the first time ever, like, ranked in the, in the, was it the BCS at that time, and all that kind of stuff, so that's, that's pretty cool to be a part of a, part of a program and be, you know, obviously the guy there when you're the quarterback, no matter what's going on, you're the guy. So to, to have that and to have that momentum, you had to be like, how many years of eligibility did you have when you get that, when you got there?
1: Two. I had two. Yeah. Two for two. I redshirted at Nevada, played two at NPC I and mean, then I had two. Okay.
0: And so then yeah, that's so when I was like
1: the portal might've kicked in after that year because <laughs> uh, the whole staff left. Oh shit um and like and i i had i was like my stats were like top five and everything that year i was like yeah. number one completion percentage it was like me teddy bridgewater Derek might have been up there um their car um yeah. so like statistically i was I, I was and then i was getting hit up to see if i was going to come out that year right which i wasn't even thinking about you know i'm right. like i'm just excited so, to play like- i'm like yeah I'm like finally i got what i want and then i remember after the After the bowl game, I come back. I'm doing some media stuff, and and our media guy was like, "Hey, are you going to make a decision?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Are you going to enter the draft?" I'm like, "What is that? That's how this." Draft? We're talking about it. What is this? (laughs) And I was like, "No, we're about like me. It was a media. No, for me, um, I, I had to go talk to like my my mentor and and kind of bounce it off him, um." But we were all the guys that I played with my junior. For the most part, were coming back. But then the whole staff left. We got a new coach, Um changed defense, had some stupid injuries. Like looking back, I would have for sure like rallied the troops. All entered the portal. Let's go to Colorado, <laughs> right? Yeah, no shit.
0: yeah, yeah, th- yeah. These days, it's just like man, there's that 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 fruit is hanging out there, and and uh, you see guys doing it. Um, I think we were chatting about it a little bit earlier before we hopped on here, but like, it seems like, wow, what a, what a, what a wonderful opportunity. You're just like, this isn't working out for me. Let me, let me hop to another school. Um, but I think there's a little bit of a darker side to that. Cause I was telling you, I think there's like 75% of the guys who enter the portal end up getting, you know, left at the dance. And, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I was the same way. Like, I mean, for me, like I, I wasn't every year I was kind of like, all right, you know, this is going to be my year. Cause at a school like Ohio state, like you just, all you need is, one season fuck you have a few good games and like you're you, you put your name out there and people are going to give you an opportunity as far as it comes in so that was my mindset it's like i just need to get that i just need to get that momentum going and i'll be all right but yeah. um yeah the, the 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 fact that that carrot just gets dangled out there for these kids these days they're just dealing with a an, an, an completely different landscape than than we were yeah, with.
1: man if we had if ig was going the way it is now and social media you just yeah, yeah it's it's kind of it just yeah it'd be tough to navigate but i'll like i'm sure they are leveraging that like i'd be pinging coaches on the side like what is the word i wouldn't be oh, making for some,
0: sure yeah for sure i mean like we talked about like these these coaches are so cutthroat and they're doing the same thing and they're they're looking for every opportunity to to maximize what they, they feel like is their best opportunity to win so if that doesn't include you you're on the chopping block pretty quick yeah and i mean these you know these these, these guys are these guys are cutthroat i mean for me with with dealing with coach trestle during my time you know it's funny cuz the the public perception of coach trestle is this you know this this very clean cut sweater vest you know you know man of god type of dude and yeah. and he is those he is those things but you don't get to the level that he did and have the success that he did without being cutthroat as well and yeah. he would, he but would, he's a killer <laughs> oh my god dude he he had, and he's so smart man he was such a smart guy and he would have these snarky little comments and there there was a there was a point in my career where I had some conflict with a, a, a five-star dude who was coming in and we both played all the same special teams I, I, I was wearing number six at the time you see the 17 behind me but I was wearing six at the time and this was one of those guys that they were like bending over backwards for he was like parade all-american number one inside linebacker or whatever and they came to me like the last day of camp and we're like hey we're uh we're changing your number and and you know as a as a ball player like your numbers your identity like it's like yeah what the fuck you mean you're changing my number and for what and so they explained it to me and it was just like obviously I wasn't happy about it and it, it gave me some like at first like you're gonna be you're changing the number 39 I'm like bro what like I play receiver like you're taking me from six to 39 like how disrespectful are you guys and so I was just like obviously beside myself and that's a whole nother story but a couple of weeks later, we're sitting there in warmups uh, for practice or whatever. and I was sitting there with Deron Carter, who's uh, Chris Carter's son, was on our team at that time, and we were like, we were we were going back and forth about I don't even remember what the content was, but but Tressel was standing right next to us, and and Deron goes, yeah, Coach Tress, man, it's like, I, I can't believe that they can do that, and 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 Tress looks over me with a little with a little side eye and goes, we can do whatever we want, right? Grant smacks me on the back and then just runs away, and I'm just like. <laughs> This, this motherfucker, dude. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, they just like you know, you these days with the fact that the players have so much power, um, I, I I would be interested to see what that dichotomy is because it's not like back in the day where they could they could run you over the poles and they knew you didn't have much of an option. Dude,
1: now that guy, now he's probably getting paid money. Now you're getting you're getting like I'm I'm getting twenty grand for that number, buddy. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for like, real? Yeah. Because there's right. I mean that's what guys in the league do. They're like if they want a number, it's like you're gonna have to break off a, a decent amount for it if you really want it. And people do oh, it's yeah. kind of crazy the now, they get thrown around for that. But now these college guys, if you're that big of a recruit, I'm sure you're getting a decent amount uh-huh. of money. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. So I mean we digress a little bit. So I mean, fast forward, you had obviously had Uh, arguably probably the greatest quarterback uh stint there in San Jose State history I think I was arena with something like 26 years um from the previous time that somebody had gotten a shot in the league um so you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself what was it like going through like the draft process and like I I think you ended up getting drafted in the was it the sixth round um was that like kind of your expectation what were they telling you before that
1: no I mean so then we went to that senior year and that was tough like we we statistically I did well but um we didn't. We lost some games that we should have won, and with the new staff, it was tough. But then, um, ended up having like a crazy last game against Fresno. They're undefeated. We ended up beating them um, against Derek, Derek and Devontae Adams, which was like oh, yeah. these. Like it's like playing Madden with him. I used to watch their tape, and I'm like, this guy's throwing it up in a triple coverage. Does not give it like. And I would do the same if I had him. Like absolutely. Um, and so that was a cool way to end our year, but we thought we were going to get a bowl game, which we didn't. So I would go through the draft process. Like, you you finish, and if you have a bowl game, some guys elect not to do the bowl game. They go straight to training. I didn't have a choice. And you go straight from your season to, like, working out and stuff and, and did the senior bowl, which was cool. Combine was cool. It, um, it was a cool experience, but it's not set up for, like, you to have your best day because up until that point you're trying to you're in a training facility you're eating the best food you're sleeping in your bed you're everything that's just set up for you to have your best day every day and then you get to the combine and you're staying up till midnight talking to these coaches and they wake you up at three in the morning for a drug test like you're not eating as good you're not working out like you were um and then like the third day you have to go do your test and in the, the turf in Indianapolis it's like It was just a little bit different. My back's like getting tight running on it. It God,
0: dude, it was
1: it was cool to experience it, but I I wouldn't want to do it every year for sure. Um, I don't
0: know. That's the worst, honestly. If I the the last forty yard dash I ran was one of the happiest days of my fucking life, dude. Yeah. Like think think about what that is though. Like when you're doing like the forty yard dash is an easy way to kind of uh, the microcosm. But like, in what other arena of sport are you by yourself? with nobody else around you no starters nothing you're starting yourself there's no you don't have you're in space because most of the times you're running the 40 it's just in the middle of the field so you don't have any really context of where you are yeah and then you're just in there and boom and that's and if if you're two tenths slower than you normally are that's the difference between you having a career and not having a career like i try to explain that to people mentally like it's like that is like one of the most insane things i did in my entire time was when when we were at the you know our pro days or when i was doing my workouts for teams it's like your entire existence your 15 plus years of playing the sport all comes down to this one weird moment or for yeah. you in a throwing session because you know it's obviously not yeah. as important for quarterbacks to run fast yeah. but
1: um no, it's, it's a weird, weird. weird space but, and the money like if you didn't have great tape that you can make
0: oh, in, in doing
1: well Matt you know like guys are like who is this where is he getting drafted oh he ran like a four three something
0: stories of um, this time
1: man yeah. Raiders,
0: Raiders picked the guy up in the first round. Nobody's ever heard of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, but it was a cool experience to go through, just because you watch it every year and you see it, and and I then totally. to actually go through all that was cool. Um, and then you have your pro day, which, which is your, it's like similar to it, but you're in your environment. But so then I go through the draft. You have, the, I had a few team visits. A few people come out and visit me, um, and my agent was telling me second third round and I'm like okay sick like second like third round goes by He's like ah fourth fifth fourth yeah. fifth goes by and then, then the sixth happened and, and I was super pumped when it happened um coach Tressman and, and the GM Bill Emery called me and a few other players reached out which was which was super cool on that day but the actual days leading up to the draft and going through it was pretty stressful just because yeah when you're thinking you're going second third and then those days and you kind of i know everybody all the quarterbacks i'd spent time with all of them and as a competitor you think you're better than all of them of I'm course like, what? Of um course. so it was who, uh it, it who was were stressful. some of the guys
0: who were the some of the guys that came out that year
1: we had a bunch of guys so it was who went first then i think it was Johnny
0: you're definitely better in Borders and Manziel so you're right about those <laughs>
1: and then then it was um, Teddy Bridgewater okay he was like the last guy that day um, I think there might have been a few others that day but and then Jimmy um, Jimmy Garoppolo Derek Carr um, right. AJ McCarron Logan Thomas Tom Savage yeah I remember um, guy, Aaron Murray Aaron Tosh Murray. Boyd um yeah. So those, those, all those guys look for me.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's. I mean, that that is such an inexact process. To your point, it's like it, the measurements on those days they they just put such an emphasis on, and it's like yeah, how many times has it been proven year after year that like it's not about the measurements. Yes, there's a yes, there's a threshold that needs to be eclipsed as far as what your physical abilities are, but it's just it's just such a at the end of the day, it's such a small equation of what makes somebody a good player, right? Um, but every year they get enamored with whatever, whatever dude that comes out and, and, and you see the results. So six round Chicago bears. I mean, it's pretty fucking cool, man.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. So was, then was fun.
0: So that wasn't, but that wasn't a straightforward process for you either. I know that, uh, you know, just, you know, taking a look like you were, you were flopping around and, and, and no, probably not flopping, bouncing around um, would be a better uh, use of word there, but um, it just seems like, it's tough to get your feet underneath you when you when you're feeling like, am I going to be in the city tomorrow?
1: yeah it was tough I'm, so I'm there and I knew I knew the staff like Trestman was kind of a, a quarterback guru so it was it was a good place to be even as a late draft pick because like it just seemed like this, this guy knows what he's doing he knows how to evaluate quarterbacks and he's going to develop them and spend time with them um, so Absolutely. and they just paid Cutler they didn't really have a stable backup it was Josh McCown the year before and he wasn't there anymore I think he just signed with the Jets yeah. um so they needed a guy. They had like Jordan Palmer and Jimmy Clausen, and um, pretty early, I was going to be like the development developmental guy. I wasn't going to compete for the backup. So I was like, Am I, "Are they going to keep three? Are they just going to try to put me on practice squad?" They ended up, I ended up making the fifty three the first two weeks, and then a bunch of injuries happened. They, I also had hurt my shoulder too, um, and they thought I was going to get claimed, so they didn't want to cut me. Because normally, yeah. like if they if they think they can just like shelf you on the practice squad, they're gonna do that. But right. I, they thought I'd done well enough, and there'd be enough interest if someone if they cut me, I'd get claimed. But end up cutting me, I was first time like getting cut, I was pissed. I'm like, I'm out of yeah. here. I just, they end up putting me on practice squad. I'm on the P squad, and then they bring me back up at the end of the year, so I got a accredited year, which goes like towards your your benefits um, yep. and up. stuff. Yeah, which was cool. And then um, that whole staff gets fired. And coach Fox comes in with Adam Gase, um, yeah. and Dal Loggins. And that was that was cool because um, during that, so what is, so that was 2015. Um, going into that year, had a bunch of I, I just had an AC sprain the year before and I was kind yeah. of like just taking stuff to to deal with it, but ended up having to yeah. get surgery in the offseason. I'm dealing with that in OTA, so I'm not really able to put my have like a good off season with the new staff. They haven't really got to see me, um, so I'm already behind the, not not doing well like a fourth guy. Um, going into OTAs, I have another thing come up. So this this long story. Like I, one of the days I'm working out, I go to work out, I can't piss a drop. Like I, I yeah. So I ended up having like scar tissue back on my bladder that I think was either hereditary or I'd been there when I was younger and I, I got hit or something but it ended up catching up to me and really couldn't piss so um had to get like a, a surgery to cut the scar tissue back on my bladder and you can imagine they got to do exactly what you Jesus think they got to do I'm not trying to her pass a
0: drug test I swear I got something internal here no, I can't pee.
1: <laughs> and then uh he when he went back there to cut the the scar tissue he actually nicked an artery so like a week before training camp, um, I'm doing like some shoulder rehab while I have this catheter. All of a sudden, I look down. I'm standing, standing in a puddle of blood, and I have did. I'm like death grip down there trying to stop the bleeding. I we have to right. go back to the hospital. He has to do a surgery again and cauterize the artery. Now I can't um, practice all of training camp going into my second year because I'm I'm pissing blood for like a month, right? And then I finally get cleared um, three weeks in four weeks in the week three preseason and um so I haven't practiced a whole lot they haven't really seen anything Cutler is kind of my guy at this point and Dow Loggins the quarterback coach was my guy still is my guy um they're like you're gonna get cut we're just letting you know this is like your last <laughs> and I'm like I appreciate you guys telling me that so right like yeah those times where I'd kind of like been this was like could have been an end of my career but they let me know, uh, like they, them telling me, allowed me to just be like, "Fuck it, man! I'm I'm gonna whip out the playbook on this one. I'm I'm checking stuff. I I know this playbook because that's all I've been doing is is playbook and like doing walkthroughs and stuff. So I ball out that last game, and they have to cheat me, and I end up like, <laughs> they, I they I end up making. I'm like on the fifty three, like ten out of sixteen weeks or seventeen or even more. And they end up um cheating me on the fifty three. I think I have to go down to the practice squad, but then the Niners and the Ravens were going to claim me and they ended up cutting Jimmy and making me the two for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good year. Sure. And then um, the next year they end up uh, signing Hoyer. And Hoyer was a baller. He had um, been around a lot of good players, super smart. Oh, yeah. um, so he the just... next year it was tough.
0: I think I just saw he just got signed with the Raiders for another two years. I'm like, this dude he, – because he was the quarterback at Michigan State when we when I was in school. So, I'm like, this dude is just – I mean, he's
1: maximizing, man.
0: Because he's like a coach, right? He's like a coach player at this point. Su-
1: super smart. Like, if you watch him in practice, this guy's sat behind and watched Brady the majority of his career. Like, he right. is super smart, has answers for everything. I think he's not, he's definitely not as good of a player in games as he is as right. a practice player, but that's, he's like a really good practice player. Like you walk him in practice, it's like this dude's, right. he's good. Like, yeah, man. Um, and he's just got a lot of experience. So he he adds a lot of value to the room because of his experience For um, sure, and who he's been around the coaches he's learned from. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So then that next year I've I, I learned, got a compete with him for like OTAs but then the, as I'm showing up to training camp literally the day I'm showing up to training camp going out to practice the coach is like hey you're not competing with B anymore you're, you're gonna be rotating with the threes with uh Connor Shaw who we just signed last week it doesn't yeah. know shit um <laughs> and I love Connor but I was like how am I rotating with this guy I go from competing for the two to now competing with the three with someone you just signed last week right so it was tough, and I was definitely not using the things I learned in college at this point. I was worried about reps because yeah. that's the only feedback you really get in the league. Like the relationship with the coaches and management is not there because they'll tell you anything that they're right. lying out their ass, and yeah. and sometimes the coaches don't even know because they're not making the decisions. Just the guy is watching the tape upstairs. So I'm just seeing like how many reps am I getting? Uh, what like it was it was a. I did not, I was in my head, not right. um, not showing up and, and performing that well. So I ended up getting cut. They wanted to put me on practice squad, but I was just so mad and done that I went to Baltimore's P squad and then end up coming back to Chicago later that year. And then Dolphins, Jets, but Gate, because with Gase, Gase liked me the year before. He ended up signing right. with the Dolphins, um, had a few good years with him there. And then he signed me with the Jets too, which yeah, I'm super grateful to Gaze because he he kept me around and we can dive into that if you want. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing too, right. It's like, you're clearly at this point, you've established yourself as, as from a physical perspective and a mental perspective, you're good enough to play at this level, right. And good enough to be competing for, for a starting job and, and, and a solid backup. And in some opinions, mine, uh, especially the backup quarterback's the best job in, in, in the league. <laughs> um, Getting to do a yeah. lot of the getting getting to uh to experience and get the paychecks, um, but you're not getting hit. So uh, that's always a positive. Um,
1: I'm saying that or I'm saying it's in top three for sure. Long snapper, snapper. one. Definitely. Like pressure is high, but if you can like lock that in, like what a I mean, those guys will be oh, in the like league yeah. like 15, 16 years. It's like oh yeah, if you can.
0: And it's such a like, I feel like with those guys, like once they got their rhythm, it's like they could sit there for four hours and, and snap that ball and hit the same fucking spot every single time come, you know, snow, sleet, whatever it may be. We, the, the guy who was a, who was actually in my class at Ohio State, um, guy named Jake McQuaid, um, was the long snapper for the Rams for 10 plus years. And I think, I don't know if he's still in the league. He he, he went with, uh, I can't remember the kicker's name that was with the Rams, but that that kicker went to Dallas um and as you know a lot of times the 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 snapper yeah. and the holder and the, they all kind of travel they're like a little traveling band um yeah. specialists are so funny man they're such a different little breed of people but yeah uh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah no so those are those are def- i would say those two punter maybe definitely not kicker kicker has got to be one of oh, the worst
1: pressure days. dude the the pressure at the end of the game man And,
0: and, like, I, and just I like like yeah they're like these, like you know, it's you're you're on a you're at you're in the fucking NFL. These people are the, the, the most ridiculous human beings you've ever seen in person. You it seeing them on TV doesn't do it justice. Seeing them from the stands doesn't do it justice. When you get down on the field with these guys and you see how big and fast and just ridiculous human beings they are, it's insane. And then you got these little kickers who are just like, oh, let me let me run out here and yeah. I got the whole team's weight on my back here. This will be good. Um yeah. But yeah, so like you so I mean the fact that you had that relationship with coach Gase, you know, allowed you to continue to have those opportunities, but otherwise it's like, you know, if you don't, if you don't find that person, that's your champion. Like, you know, you could be the, you could be the next coming, but it doesn't matter. Cause you're not getting the
1: opportunities. Dude, I would have been out my second year if it wasn't for him. Like if it wasn't for him seeing something and me like playing well in that game and then being around him that year, I would have been probably done after I would have probably had a training camp into my third year, but then I don't think I would have played. Played past that and so it, it ended up being six six total years yeah six and then i had um like two months on p squad my seventh year but i didn't get a accredited year okay yeah and, and
0: for those for those who don't know what the the accreditation is it, it's it's super important to to guys um going forward in their career because if you don't make it what's it it's not it's not three years it's like two years in like one game right or something like or two
1: i i'm not a, I, I, I thought it was you had to get three weeks on the 53, three years or three years, but I could okay. be wrong.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I mean you would you would know better than that, but it's 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 some kind of weird number. And a lot of times you'll see guys get get axed right before they're about to get to that to their to their pension actually being uh you know implemented. So um to to have those accreditations is a is a super big deal and, and it's going to help you out for the rest of your life for sure. So um yeah. that's 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 what David's talking about um with with that. But all right. So like so you know kind of talk about those last couple weeks when you're on the were you on the practice squad with the Jets or was it with the Dolphins
1: with the Jets I I had um, made the 53 well I got cut and then they brought me back but majority of the year I was on the 53 17 and then I made the team the whole year 18 okay
0: and then um, so talk about like what it was in those last weeks of you of you being in the league and kind of how that whole thing happened and and what was it like when you're like okay I'm not on a squad anymore and you know I'm I'm not going to be playing, or I'm not getting the interest that I that I would want to. What was that like? Because that's a, that's kind of you know the 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 jux of this whole conversation is is like when that yeah. moment comes.
1: Yeah. So I I was um, I was on practice squad, and I was kind of I was just frustrated. I was done. I was the backup the year before, and then they signed Flacco, and Flacco had an extra three from being in Denver, so they needed somebody to fill in. So me and Mike White were competing, and yeah. Mike was on P squad the year before. Um, so I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I'm competing against Mike, will have a chance. Um, but they end up rolling with Mike, and I there was it was COVID year too, so there was no preseason games. So I was like, man, regardless, like they they got tape on me. They don't really have tape. They have tape on me in this offense, and Gase knows me in this offense. Like for sure. I thought it would right. roll with me just based on that, but. I think just based on the amount of time that they need somebody to fill in for Flacco, um, it made sense because Mike was kind of their developmental guy. Um, so I ended up, but Sam liked me, and they owed me like a hundred grand that from just my contract. So they were able to put me on P squad and keep me around, so to like just help the locker room and, and be with Sam. But I was I was super pissed and like yeah. wish they would just cut me. And thought I would have gotten got a little bit more attention just during covid there was no restriction on p squad i was able to be on p squad too that year and didn't get anything and um had to talk with my agent in february so i was kind of chilling i got cut uh, halloween chilled november december um started just like networking with other people from san jose alumni. just trying to figure out what i want to get into um, and then had to talk to my agent. He was like, yeah, there hasn't really been many conversations. And I was like, I'm not doing CFL. I don't want to do XFL. I had both my kids at this time. Um, yep. I'd seen guys, you just kind of chase it for a little too long. And I'm like, yep. Yep. man, like I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, I was kind of over it. Uh, um, a little bit just that like, it wasn't as fun. It'd become a business, but also it, there just wasn't, I was just like, how am I going to go to CFL, XFL for a couple more years, and then hope to get another chance in the league? And now I'm like, thirty five, still chasing this thing. Right. Um, probably not making much cash in the CFL or XFL. And I also, my brother was in software sales, and I would kind of seen what he, the money he was making and doing. I'm like, that'd be enough. Like, I, and yeah. I could be around my kids and like kind of start this life that I that I knew was eventually going to happen. But so many things you're just not aware of and, and right. that's just in general but like so much for athletes and people that have been in in sports for majority of their life and and there's just so that year 2021 was just was tough for me uh, because I I was feeling things like thinking things that I never thought didn't realize uh, like how routine oriented I was how I'd had coaches my whole life how I'd like just been around a locker room and high-performing individuals majority of my life yeah. um, how every decision I made was r- really based around football like in some sense like everything I did was around being a quarterback and a football player and all of a sudden I was like I'm not that guy anymore and I was recognizing how people addressed me differently as like a former NFL football player and I was just like, oh, shit, this is weird. Like, who am I then? Like, what am I now? Yeah. How, are you gonna, how are my friends going to introduce me now?
0: Fuck um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real.
1: And it was it was weird. And then I, I saw so like a few things. I had coaches, was super routine oriented. I realized that like, that's kind of the trajectory I was on in the first six months. I was starting to have like a beer every other night or a couple beers. I was eating like whatever the hell I wanted. I um I was like this is gonna go one or two directions. Like right now it's <laughs> going this direction and like yeah. I'm not I just don't know where this goes. So hired like a, a health and fitness coach, uh definitely on like the bodybuilder style and like got super deep into it because I it was like there was a goal. I was like, I wanna be shredded. This guy's right. like huge this is what you do. Like, and it was, it was like, I was back into like my football routine. I had a reason yep. why I was waking up in the morning. I, I didn't have to think about food. I knew why I was doing everything. Um, and then you also, I, I was seeing progress towards something, which there wasn't much progress in my life at that point. Uh, I was doing software sales, but like when you've been in a locker room and playing on such big stages and stuff, like showing up into my BDR virtual team meeting, wasn't it wasn't it for me you know i was like mm-hmm. it wasn't very exciting and I, I yeah like i always i need to hit up my old manager and it's like how was i during the i couldn't <laughs> have been very exciting to be around because like i'm also seeing the news and seeing these guys get signed i'm like how the hell is this guy getting another opportunity um and then so that so i'm like working out harder than i probably did when i was a football player it's just different you know um yep i'm getting lean as shit like definitely got in the best shape of my life um but definitely took it overboard like i wasn't eating with the family i'm working out three days three times a week like i'd wake up at four do an hour of cardio go work out for an hour and a half come back at like 7 30 eat do another 40 minutes of cardio like at the end of the day after work and i'm I'm just like grinding my ass off just i don't like (laughs) because i mean it's a (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, it's your mind. It's your mind trying to fill that space, right? Because, like you said, you had all the. You're so process oriented your entire life, and you've been doing these things for the last six years at a, at the highest level. And that's that's I think something that that a lot of people don't realize is that you are you're operating at the at the highest level where everybody wants to be the best there. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you go to you go to you know whatever you're you're doing software sales or whatever it is you're doing after, and there may be one person in the organization that act and feels that way the rest of the people there are just there to 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 clock in and clock out and get home um yeah. and to and to make that jump is is it's like you're you shake your head you're like what the fuck am i even doing this is like you said there's no juice to it you're not you're not getting the same reciprocity back you're not able to speak to people in the same manner that you're able to speak to people in the past um it's, and that's and that's very confusing man it's a very confusing time you're like
1: yeah and i'd realize like how I had gone about this first part of my life, I I had a dream of of being in the NFL, right? Like I did dream that uh, when I was a young kid and like, I didn't really dream past that, you know, like I didn't have anything. I didn't know. I didn't have a vision for what life looked like after football. I always thought like, I, you know, when you're in it and you see guys get cut and you know, eventually it's going to end whether it's on your terms or not. Right. But I never, I don't think I, even if I would have taken time to sit with it, you just don't know what's going to hit you until you're actually in it. So it wouldn't have mattered, but I didn't have like a dream past that. And I'm like, so this for, and I'm still kind of there. I'm just like, I don't want to set myself up the same way I did, like chasing something that isn't really fulfilling and meaningful and eventually put myself in the same position. Like I, I, like software sales, say I want to be an enterprise AE and make a boatload of money. Okay. Odds are I'd probably be able to do that if I really want to, oh, and, then, and then, but then what? Am I gonna grind? You know, that's what I'm like, am I gonna grind for five to ten years to get to whatever that goal is, and then all of a sudden be in the same spot I am now because I didn't really think you know find what and, was fulfilling, and and I attached and myself to this role.
0: You will be. You yeah. you will be. I mean, it's that that's that's the. That's the crux of the whole thing, and I, I, I talked, I've, I've talked, I think we talked about it with with ourselves, and I talked about it in the past in, in my experience. But like, that's that, that's that was that realization moment for me, and and I really want to like double click on this because it's it's a very important moment. But it's like, you're 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 achieving these things, or you're putting yourself in these seats where you're like, okay, yeah, man, I'm getting this, I'm getting that, I'm getting, uh, you know, recognized and and money and and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it, it's just icing. You're just icing it over because you're not actually drilling into what's making you happy. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I had a moment and I was just like, it was like, uh, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. like, I started crying. Cause I was just like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like I, if someone would have told me when I was 20 years old, that I would be 26, 27, making, making, you know, over $300,000 and this, that, and the money, the numbers don't matter. But any of these things i had been like, I'm good but I wasn't yeah. good. And, and yeah. it was because it's because I was trying to, I was trying to, like I said, put icing over what the real problem was, which is I I didn't know who I was because my entire life had been spent doing this one process. Um, and I, I think it's pretty common for, for athletes like that to get into that like overdrive mindset. Like, okay, like I don't have this focus. So I'm just going to focus on my fitness because I know how to do that. I feel comfortable. It's rewarding. I see the results, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think the big moment uh, for me was, is like, wow man I was able to to do these things at a very 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 high level with playing sports or or, or working on on myself from a, from a fitness perspective or what what if I took that same process and i applied that to my mental space and i applied that to making myself a better person then where would I be um and that's really where this really where this journey began for me and and to be honest i i kind of have you to think for to 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 get it kicked back up because it was something I started a while back and had always had eyes on but um you know life happens and, and kids come and and, and uh, responsibilities become real and you, and you get pulled in different directions. But always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, this is just like, I, how am I going to sustain this? Because I'm only 35 at this point and you're a few years behind me, but like, we got a lot of working years left in our lives, you know what I mean? And if we're feeling like this now, like, what are you going to feel like when you're 45? What are yeah. you going to feel like when you're 50? Like, it's a scary, it's a scary thought. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah it's terrifying. I think, um a lot of things you said there but one is like is realizing like you're i i what helped me is realizing I, that i wasn't alone right like and that's how i found you I, I don't even remember i went on i as soon as i knew i wasn't alone and that this wasn't just a me thing i think it opened the door for me to reach out to other people and, and reach out to to you like yep. and and, and And that is so huge and then also like what you said like finding that system and process around your mental health like me I think and and athletes you get so uh goal oriented, and it's almost like a destination yeah but this is different like this isn't there is no destination there is no
0: guy you took the words out of my mouth man keep going
1: yeah it's a it's a process and it's like a lifestyle because once you kind of dive into this world whatever your tool is whether it's it's meditation or journaling or, or therapy. There's so many different ways to go about it. Um, you, I, at least for me, I realize when I do these things, I show up as a better person. Um, um, I guess I'm just more aligned with how I want to show up for my family. And it's, yep. and, then, and then once you do it long enough and you realize, okay, when I stop, I'm not that person. That, like I'm not showing up. So you, it's, a, it's a continual thing. It's not all of a sudden like you put a year in and now I'm this guy for the rest of my life. You have yep. to continually put the same effort in, um, and and prioritize it in order to uh, to mentally show up that way. And I think football and sports, um, although there's a lot of things that, like I think, kind of um, hurt me. I not not hurt me. It, it helped me. There's so many things it taught me. But I, I identified with it, you know. But I think there's a lot of systems built in for us to manage the mental health aspect. Um, or that at least get opportunities to help you deal with it now more which, than ever. Right. They've really yeah. started focusing
0: on that, which is, which is awesome.
1: Well, like a lot of the stuff that I'm dealing with now or dealt with in that first year never came up during yeah. football. And maybe that's, I think that was something too. I'd realized like, man, I think I'd use sports as kind of a coping mechanism for, for all the shit that i dealt with in my life from a very early age. Cause uh, you know, course. when you, when you hit this transition stage, whatever, everybody goes through it at different stages whatever that is for you, you kind of reflect on how did we get here? I don't know if everyone mm-hmm. does that, but that, that's, I'm like, let's walk back how we got here. There was a certain amount of things that happened for me to get to this place. How did it happen? Right. And it's like, I'm like, I think I had been trying to prove probably to my parents, like, as you like why I'm good enough and really my dad, we, we want to go and do it. Like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I got a similar story. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted my dad to like me. And, um, and I was using sports as as kind of that coping mechanism for everything in my life, and it worked. I was getting all the feedback I wanted. I was getting all the all, all the positive feedback um, throughout my entire career. And then you get out, and that feedback's not there anymore. The identity is you, you're. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't have that outlet to to handle all the shit that's going on in life. Um, but you have, tools, year, yeah, you have the yes, tools, though. Yeah. Yes. 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 And um, I think I was kind of that first year was rough, and I didn't I didn't use the tools properly. I kind of aligned, I I had become aware of the uh, what my routine in my life was like as an athlete, and tried to implement it in other areas of my life. And, and it and it's good, but I was missing some pieces. <laughs> and um, I think also I I got a a call from the Vikings that training camp too which kind of set me back it was and i and I, had, I was like whoa yeah they're they, they were like hey they called they everybody had got covid in the room it was gonna be me and like this other guy and they end up cutting the whole room and signing some other guys so i think i would have had a, a real chance but i sent them my second vaccine card and it was eight days not 14 so i couldn't go out
0: and Holy i didn't even shit. know about
1: that like i wasn't even I, I i wasn't gonna get the second vaccine or the right. vaccine in general but my agent was like towards the summer of Chicago and the Vikings had reached out and I was like okay yeah. Yeah. um I care about my dream still of uh, the football right. game I'll, I'll get this and I didn't know about the 14 day thing and um uh, wow. so I kind of like I was literally packing my bag um I sent him my vaccine card and I'm like the the switch had flipped I'm like it's fucking go time go, like let's I'm go, not, we're uh, back we're back, we're back. <laughs> and then uh he's like sorry buddy, you can't come and I was holy oh, like, oh, shit dude <sighs> talk about a yo-yo right there man <laughs> bro and, I, and then i'm like monday morning back in my my meetings as a bdr <laughs> fuck
0: man bdr too so so for, for those of you who don't know what a bdr it's business develop uh business development representative right yeah yeah. And, and and the majority of these people that are working in these jobs are are, are college graduates yeah. um so it's like well we're all college graduates fresh college graduates. Um, and so to be a person who's, who's, uh, you know, 30, (laughs) 30, you've, you've, you've been in the league, you've rubbed shoulders with all the people and all the things that come along with that. And to, and to be sitting there and having that be your day to day, especially in a situation like that, where like literally 48 hours before you thought like, wow, this is my chance. And like, you mentioned a guy like Mike white, like look at what he did, bro. He got an opportunity balled out last year. And like, that's all you were looking for, man. And and, and that could have yeah. happened to you. And you, and next thing you know, you're playing for another four or five years. And yeah. so like where that where that takes you mentally to 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 have one foot in, one foot out, two feet in, two feet like back and forth. It's just it's a very difficult place to be. And like, man, that's a that, that is a that is the definition of a yo-yo. So to like to, to experience that had, had to, have, like you said, like set you back. And I think some of the things that you said um, that are, were super powerful to me and, and, and thoughts that I've had myself. but about it not being a destination, right? about it being a journey. Um, and that's part of that journey is it's it's going to have ups and downs. but if you can stay consistent in your process, um, you'll be able to mitigate those problems and you won't they won't be, you know, yes, you know it's it's okay to be affected by something but it's not okay for it to, for it to trickle down and become a, you know, who you are as a person. Um, cause you talk to so many former, former players and whatever sport it may be. And there's, there's a lot of bitterness that goes along with that. Um, instead of looking at the situation saying, man, you know, like this didn't, I didn't, it didn't end the way that I wanted it to, but man, that journey to get to that point was, was, was something special. So, um, ugh, God, yeah. that's, that's, that's fucking brutal, man. That is brutal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that, that, that was, but I mean, dude, I, I, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And I'm like super grateful for all the opportunities I've had. And I think just, yeah, like what you said, I mean, like anything that's good that's happened in my life, I don't necessarily miss the moment that like you got there. It, it was, you think about the process and everything it took to get to that thing. So it, I think it's, you have to fall in love with the process. So even when it comes to your mental health, which I've come to, it's like I enjoy kind of doing some deep dive and seeing what comes up and oh, and just absolutely. like learning from other people like having conversations with yourself that are on the same path it's like um it's just super cool and you learn more about yourself all the time um, yeah it's i mean it's 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 everything to us man and i
0: think that i think that like hearing stories like yours and like kind of how that process has worked for you like it, like you said it just having the, the the fact out there that there's other people like you and and, and have similar stories and they can say wow like I'm not alone in this. I'm not adrift. Like this, this happens to everybody. And I do have yeah. the tools. I do have the tools. I just got to learn how to repurpose them. Right. Um, yeah. And so that's, that, that, that's really powerful stuff, man. Like that. I think that, I think um, what you're going through and what you experience is is um, not uncommon um, with, with how people digest that, that, that process. But um, so like, you know, you, you do all these things, like what's your, what's your daily routine these days? Are you, are you still waking up at the four 30 and hitting cardio and then, Waiting for the next workout I, or what's
1: going I, on? I no, I, I still wake up early. I I have to like I when like once you you know like once you have kids like if I want to work out it's not happening later at least for me and, and the way yeah. our, our life is right now it's like and and I am a I am better when I work out like I, oh, I need totally. to get that that out of me and so yeah. I, I do wake up in the morning. I'll I kind of play around. Workout in the morning is always there. I'll try to either journal or do something meditate read something real quick like um but it's that's quick and I'll slam like my pre-workout stuff and then I, I go work out come back hang with the kids but um I'm always like I, I've hired different coaches too um just trying to I'm always like I think as as players and athletes if you're trying to get better you're always trying to figure out what the best is doing right like and and that's how i was in the league like i was like what's brady doing what's breeze doing regardless if i wasn't that caliber guy i'm like i'm trying to be that guy like and i went i went and checked out tom house dropped a boatload of money to figure out that like there is no secret sauce right like these guys just do the same shit every day and they've got way more reps than than me at this point um and that's kind of what it comes down to and that's I think I was approaching this next phase of my life post career, like trying to figure out, okay, what do I like? Which that's the hard question. Like what, what do I actually want and what do I like post football? Um, But then just connecting with other athletes and figuring out like what have guys done and done successfully and who are the best at it and um, putting coaches and people around me that are doing things at a high level and picking their brain. And like, that's, like this morning, I got up with a, um, I I wouldn't even call her a therapist, but it's its just someone that kind of, I've used to kind of work through different belief systems that I've had. A, there, a yeah. lot of the issues that come up, it's always internal. And it's some course, story yeah. you are running that is is projecting, you're projecting it or blaming it on somebody else. But it's a, like, it is a story that you're running. And essentially, like, you'll take with this lady, it's it's super cool. But this is along the lines of, like, my, the... Mental health that I've been working on is like you'll yeah. take a triggering event, right, and literally break down like how did you see this person, how did you feel, um, what do you think they should have done? You're just like breaking down this 30 second event and why I got emotional and triggered and what they should have done, and then like All okay, right. like let's remove that belief if that wasn't true. Like what, how do you see them now? And it's kind of crazy when you take I'm I'm like this is a two hour conversation that I'm breaking down into one minute. There's way adjust justice but like it's when you break down this the stories that you're telling yourself in a short amount of time that are causing you to react a certain way that probably lead back to an event when you were a child or some other event it's yeah. it's like holy shit so that's been a big thing that I've been doing um what's
0: what is this what is this service or is this just a so, person so that so you up with uh,
1: so the lady that started this process is Byron Katie and if you follow yeah. Chris Williams on um, yeah. his podcast yeah, Williams, he, he, Yeah, he's gotten kind of, he's blown up recently. they did like Goggins and, but on his reading list, Byron Katie is one of those books and okay. you can read that process there. But the lady that I work with is Catherine Dixon and she's like a student of her and um, basically like walks you through this. And it's, it's always kind of, it's, I can't even do it justice or explain it, but when you, you can feel how you would engage in that same Moment where you were triggered and emotional, and now how you would you be if you didn't believe all the shit you just broke down for the last hour? And it's right. like, wow, you just took like all this baggage that you're hauling around and just dropped it. It's like, man, I don't care. I would be, I would be this way. Like, it's what they did. It was what I, how I was showing up. um So Byron, Katie, but I look at like, up. yeah, but uh, like what I was saying. I'm just trying to find people that are doing stuff. I like. There was a lady after I'd gotten with that bodybuilder coach I told you with, I was yeah. like, okay, this isn't sustainable. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do this. I had found this other lady who was a stay at home mom. You could just see from her pictures, like she changed her body like drastically. And I, and I kind of know mentally what you, the shift you have to make in order to right. consistently be this person. So hooked up with her and um like just in terms of trying to find people doing things at a high level, she connected me with some other people at the masterminds and went to some other things, but she connected me to the Byron Katie lady who, right. right. That's powerful. So that's kind of, yeah. But what, ultimately what I'm saying is like, the the secret sauce is within you, right? Like you, yeah. I think I always look for the answers outside of me. Um, or I, um, that's my first intention, like, or my first thing that I'm gonna do, especially as a football player. I'm like, what's this guy doing? He's gotta have some secret fucking drill or tool right. or, or workout that he's doing. And it's like, it's never, it was never that. And it's the same way in life. Nobody's doing anything crazy. They just got more reps, more experience. And they just show up and do it the same thing. And and I think like what I've done physically, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my life. And everyone I'll post a picture of me like flexing and just um like progress pictures. And yeah. and I do like I do like the attention but it's also I like the conversations that come with it. Ooh, people yeah. hit me up like, "What is it?" I am like, "Bro, it is nothing crazy. Just you, just gotta show up and it's, do it every day." It's
0: Trent. It's trendable It's a few different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a
1: few others. It, it's just
0: a couple of needles, man. It's fine. No, did you look That is, uh I mean, everything that you were saying there, there's, there's, there's so many nuggets in that, and like the thing that I'm taking from that is, is your ability to, to set your, your own ego aside and lean on a network of people who are experts in their field and allow them to kind of guide you through this process because nobody can do it alone um that's part of why i'm doing this is so that we can have these type of conversations um and it's just it's just super powerful when you see that put into practice and 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 what that makes you feel like as a person and i think one of the things you're talking about is like when you're approaching approaching a situation and, and you have a reaction and sometimes you're like why did i even get upset about that and and the, and the truth is, it's because you're seeing through a lens of of so many different experiences that happened so long ago, and some of them in our very formative years that um, flat out you could have suppressed and you have no idea. You can't even remember it, but yet it's having an effect on your your, your day-to-day life. Yeah. And this actually happened to me. My, You won't have to bore you with the contents of the conversation, but it happened to me with a conversation with my dad, because my parents were divorced as well when I was younger. it was was, i was having a conversation with with one of my parents about something that had happened when we were a a little kid he was going through it and i'm like holy shit dude i i don't remember that like i completely blocked that out and it wasn't like i was like four i was like 10 like i was i was i was aware i I, you know yeah especially when your parents get divorced as a young age it kind of you know you have to grow up a little bit faster than some of the other people who um live in more traditional households so like but like that kind of stuff is weighing on you constantly. Um, and when you start doing that mental work, when you start diving into yourself, you start realizing these things and you start having these, these, I guess for lack of a better term, epiphanies about about who you are and, and why you are the way that you are. Um, and that just, it allows you to start like really, you know, shedding that stuff and, and and taking a look at it for what it really is. And it's like, there's no reason why I should be upset about this. In fact, I'm not even mad at that person. I'm mad at myself because I haven't yeah. addressed how I'm handling that So. I mean, you're you're speaking to me in, in 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 a big way, and I think these things that that you're you're talking about, they they all come from your journey as an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, you if you didn't have those those post experiences of 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 bouncing around in, in college, and you know, getting drafted later than you wanted to get drafted, and then and then having your job on the line all the time to the point to where you had to go out and perform to, to keep that job, and you did that consistently, like you wouldn't have those, that ability to, to, to look inside of yourself. And the reason why I'm saying all that kind of stuff is because I want other people to realize like, you got that, man, like you're, you're a success story. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's people out there and, and you know them as well as I that like, they haven't figured out this code they, they, they haven't figured out this ability to use those tools for themselves and so everything that David is talking about right now is, is so applicable and there's like he said there's no secret sauce to it there's no talent that's involved with it it's just it's just how much work am I willing to put in on a consistent basis and and we have that because we we, we had to do it to to do what we loved right um and so no. man I just I I honestly can't yeah. thank you enough for sharing that
1: no this is this is huge I think like it's awesome that you're picking this back up because I mean, w- what has helped me in this post-career phase is, is when other people shared their story. Like, like I said, it's like once, once I realized like, it's not just me, then you, you're you like, man, it just, it allows you to, to heal and move forward. But I think for other athletes, like just my career and my story, like I was definitely fortunate. Like I was fortunate, although I had some hard times and, had to compete and grind a little bit. I was also super lucky to have, like, some really good coaches yeah. and 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 some lucky breaks. But uh, obviously, like, the work was there and stuff. But it, there's a lot of guys who work and grind and don't get those opportunities and don't have those good coaches. And fortunately, like, majority of the times I had really good coaches. I also had – I had and still do, like, uh, kind of – he's like a father figure, role model mentor that I was always able to bounce stuff off. And it's like a, I would have made some probably – Some different decisions had I not had someone like him. So I think, and that's something I think I try to tell younger kids in their career: like you need to seek out people who are where you want to be, or have helped someone get to where you want to go. um And don't and don't like look for them to do it. Just help them. Like you, you want to look for mentors that kind of show you, hey, this is the process. This and this is the way to get there. And implement some routine or, or, or whatever. But I think seeking out, um, like role models or mentors are huge. And fortunately for me, I had that built in. I didn't have to go, I didn't have to go seek it out, which I think okay. I don't, I, I don't know a hundred percent because I haven't spent a lot of time around high school kids or even college kids, but I know having that in my, in my life and even post career has helped me out so much. Um, and especially not having my dad around a lot to help like having someone like that that I trusted and had worked with people at at high levels especially in sports and just in business as well like has helped me out so much so but
0: were you were you you as aware of the the, like the mental aspect when you were playing I mean playing quarterback is such a cerebral process and and so any anybody who's able to do that that level they're, they're coming with a level of intelligence but did you realize like did you realize how important that mental aspect as far as like leaning on people and having conversations and, you know, really laying yourself bare? Cause when you talk to those things, that's, what's important about talking to, to a therapist or talking to somebody who's a professional at doing this, because, you know, whether you like to say it or not, like if you're just talking to a buddy about it, you're going to hold back some of the finer details. Um, but having a conversation with a professional like that is, allows you to really kind of get to the core of the reasoning. Was that something that that you saw while you were playing or was this just something that kind of uh, maturated after the, after the fact?
1: Um, I think, I, I think, I think I was always like, I, I mean, I wasn't aware of, of the stuff obviously that I'm going through now, but I, I definitely like one of my strong points was being able to communicate. And I think that's why a lot of people at the teams I was on, on respected me because of my ability to not only perform and show up every day, but then I would be, vulnerable and communicate with them and they knew who I was. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but in terms of like the mental side, um, a book I read, and this might not be what you're looking for, but something that helped me out a bunch Mind Gym called Garrett by Gary Mack.
0: Mind Gym, um,
1: yeah. And I think he passed, but man, I read this book in junior college and it's basically which every athlete has done, but this guy really, lays it out and gives you a process on how to build out this highlight reel in your in your brain and now i'm reading a bunch of books i'm like dude the people that are the best in the world all do this like visualization process and your yeah. mind your body cannot tell the difference between reality and what your mind does and it's like think of your anxiety like having a panic attack like your yeah. it's your body thinks it's real oh, and yeah. it, and and I didn't know what I was doing, but I had started doing this in junior college. I read Mind Gym. I was I basically watch a few, I'd watch enough tape to know like the defense is gonna do this stuff. So I had kind of an understanding of what I was going into. But I, I would before every game, I'd throw, I'd go in a corner, put a tower on, and I'd visualize. I I visualize what it felt like to throw a good pass, what it would feel like to throw a touchdown, what it feel like to celebrate. Um, all these little things. I visualize like one of our like our, our special plays, like I know. It's gonna be one of these things, like. And yeah. if it's not, what am I gonna do? And visualize, like, feeling that, feel it, Absolutely. like all these little things. And then, um, I, I, I just, I started that in junior college, and I started doing it all the time. And I was like, holy shit! Like, I would, I would do things that I'd already seen, and yeah. I just did once. I had gotten away from it a few times, and I was like, a few games and my like practices, and I was like, dude, I had this a hundred percent works you cannot tell me this doesn't work i don't know the science behind this shit but it works uh, you just listen now i think there's just so, so much more access to things to high performing people and They always yeah. talk about this they had a vision they saw it before it happened read um psycho cybernetics um by yeah, yeah. do you know that that one there's a whole yeah. chapter on on basically the book is basically that like you um, what is it survival mechanism but basically, your, our mind is like a, a missile, a heat-seeking missile. Like you set a goal. Yeah. And the missile is going to make adjustments based on But it knows where where it wants to go. And it's essentially what you have to do as a, as a human, like set a goal. That's the starting point. And then you're going to start seeing things in your life or that attract you. It's kind of like law attraction. It's the secret yeah. and stuff. But there's yeah. more of a science to it. Uh, Joe Dispenza yeah. talks about it.
0: No, it's, it's real, man. It's real. The the, the mind is, the mind is, is beyond, beyond our comprehension as far as what it's ability to do and with the visualization and setting yourself up for those moments. And really there's a, there's a book that I, I, I read um, and cause I, you know, I've, Obviously, I get super into the like the, you know, the consciousness of everything and like perception and all that kind of stuff. And, it, and to me, it comes back to obviously it all comes back to the brain. And I was like, all right, well, how is this? How is the brain working? Like, how is it perceiving my surroundings right now? Yeah. And that's what this book is about from a from a, a medical perspective. This guy's like a neurobiologist, scientist, whatever accreditation he has. Super smart guy. It's called Being You. Um, and basically it's a, it's a breakdown of how our brain perceives our realities. Um, yeah. and, it's, it, and the way that they, 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 describe it is um, if you want to go look it up, it's called Bayesian yeah. Bayesian reasoning. And what Bayesian reasoning is, is just basically taking an accumulation of, of multiple different sources and then coming out with the best possible guess of what's going to happen. Um, and that's what our brain is doing on a constant basis. So everything that you've experienced throughout your life, your brain is interpreting that Storing it away and then using it as a crutch really to create reality for you because our perception like when i see when i see my hand move i'm not actually seeing my hand move my brain doesn't work fast enough to actually see that movement it just knows that my hand has moved in this way so many times that it's going to be over here and that that is a pro because it helps you in situations where you are super prepared, but it can also be a con because if you're not giving your brain the right things, if you're not feeding your brain, the right information, it's going to deceive you. And you're not going to be seeing what the actual reality of the situation is or whatever you need to do to benefit yourself in that moment. Um, and so it's like, when you start realizing those things about the brain, it's just like, you start, oh, well, this is something that's hackable. I can actually make a change to this. And like, we like to think like, once we get older, we're set in our ways. And that's just not the case, man. Like if you're like for, you know, it's easy to to say for a quarterback because you're able to like break it down, like, okay, like we were going to be running, they're going to run, they've been running cover two. They might be blitzing off the weak side. If they do that, I got my, I got my flex guy here on the backside. You know, you have all that stuff out there. Right. But you can do that in normal everyday life. Like even like you're talking about visualization visualization before we got on this call, like I ran through, like, what would the opening of this conversation is going to be like, where's this potentially going to go? Like, what would my answer be? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're not doing those type of things, you're setting your, you're not, I don't want to say you're setting yourself up to fail, but you're, you're, you're selling yourself short because that's the, that's the reality of the way that our brain works. And, um, it's a, it's a really big way to, to help you get in those, in those, uh, those proper places. And, um, yeah, like that mind gym thing, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Those are, those are the type of sources. And, and, and we are, we're very fortunate in, in today's world to have all of the resources that we have. Like it's fucking incredible. Like no time in history, were you able to sit down with a neurophysicist and an astrophysicist and they're able to have a conversation about something seemingly unrelated and then put it together and like now now you have this huge understanding that you never could have possibly imagined having previous two and that's a that's a far that's a far-flung situation but um you know the resources are out there um you know if you if you have the if you have the want to be a better person like you just got to go out there and, and, and put your foot in the water and i mean for me, it started with podcasts and then it, it rolled into to apps and then I started, you know, reading and doing all this kind of stuff. But it's a it's a cascading effect. And um, if you're like if you're like us as, as former athletes and, and you have a hunger, and it's, it's funny because my competitiveness rolls into my reading list. Like I'm like, no, oh, no, motherfucker! I read 25 books last year. Like, how many did you read? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and so, like, when you tap into those same things, you're like, wow! Like, I'm and you and you can feel your you can feel your perception, you can feel your understanding of all these things growing, and it, it's it's a powerful feeling. Um, and that feedback, uh, you know, allows you to continue to do those things. Um, and and you mentioned something in the beginning about it not being a destination but a journey, and that's 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 so spot on, man, because. Um, you know, I think the easiest way to do that is like working out, like you could work your ass off for 20 plus years and you take six months off and you're gone. It's all gone. Uh, yeah. And, and it's all yeah. gone. And that's the, that's the same way about your mental space. You know,
1: I think like uh, along the lines of a visualization, I think everyone is doing it whether they realize it or not. But most people are, are at least uh, to my knowledge, at least like with just my experience with like my wife and other people, it's like, you're doing it whether you want it or not, whether you're using it to your benefit or not, you're probably, manifesting bad shit in your life exactly so you're doing it whether you want or not but you may be telling your story or seeing the worst case scenario because i realized that i'm like dude i've i've whatever i've gotten clear on i've kind of manifested majority of shit in my life that i've wanted like whether it happened in the timeline maybe not but eventually i've been able to get it but i think i've also manifested the bad shit in my life too because i've kind of at, at times in the nfl my wife said this to me and i and i didn't even realize she's like she she uh had told someone maybe maybe it was another therapist or something i don't know but that basically i had i had like self-sabotaged myself because i i was like lacking i lost all confidence i was kind of thinking about all the worst case stuff and i kind of got in an opposite rut of visualizing the positive and seeing myself go out there and i was like dude i think the more conversations you just have and become aware of um you're doing it whether you're using it to your benefit or not is is a question
0: yeah that's that's a very 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 strong point i think i think kind of in that same vein about the visualization and we're talking about like kind of you know the interpretation of our realities and and who we are and you were saying like uh, we were talking about before we got on camera about like your kids and about like when you're they're with the, your mom the mom they're 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 one way when they're with you they're another way when they're with both of you guys it's a whole nother and, and that's how we all are as people you know what i mean and i think yeah. um i think a lot of a lot of times for 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 anybody in life but when you have a big transition and it's like okay like you go back to like your hometown right and like you may have grown a ton in that time that you left your hometown but i, I noticed this with myself i would go back like I would go back and I would start saying and doing things that I used to do when I was younger. And I was like, what, what the fuck yeah. is that? Like, I haven't, yeah. I haven't acted that way. I haven't presented myself in that way since I was 18 years old or when, since I was 20 something years old, like yeah. what's going on here. And it's because your brain just like, it just slots into these, into these mindsets. And I think that's a very, it's a very dangerous thing, right? Because yeah. when you leave, when you leave, uh, you know, this life that we were, we were talking about and you, and you, and you a lot of times for most of these, most guys, like, for me, I was fortunate. I had a couch to go sleep on. I had my parents. I know I had friends and all this kind of stuff. But for a lot of these guys and girls, like they don't have anything to go back to. They go back to their houses, and and they're not there anymore. Or the support system was never there in the first place. And next thing you know, you're hearing about this guy or this girl, and you're like, they they did what? They're in jail. They're 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 alcoholics. They're drug addicts. They're they're uh, they're working at a, a lower level position than they should be, or whatever it may be. And you're like, what happened to them? And I, I really think it is is that like people. They don't consciously think about this. And so their, their brain just goes, Oh, I know how to operate in this situation. You're going to be this person again. And it's not who you are and who you've become. It's it's just who that you were at that pers- at that particular time. Um, and it, it's 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 a powerful, it's a powerful momentum that's difficult to to change if you're not aware of it. So, you know, doing this mental yeah. work and, and putting yourself in that in that space of questioning the way that you're interpreting situations is is a huge, huge first step
1: and that's the thing it's the first step and then that's when the work begins because you can't really work on it if you're not aware right but that's so so like people it's nice because you become aware of it and you're like oh wow that's why that happened but then all of a sudden you get whatever that situation or whatever it is that you become aware about yourself it keeps happening you're like what the fuck i'm aware of it and it keeps happening (laughs) but that's when the work starts Then, then like you wouldn't have an opportunity to work on it without um becoming aware of it um i had something and it completely lost me but
0: yeah it's tough to hang on to all the thoughts that go scrambling we
1: we got a lot of good stuff but i um i oh something i was thinking of i don't know if it was what you just said but like what has helped me also is just the power of networking and I, i mean obviously that's how this conversation is happening um but it's helped me in so many things and i wish i would have taken advantage of it earlier in high school in college and the nfl and i did it in the nfl but like i didn't realize how fast opportunities can come until like post-career and i wasn't really looking for opportunities i was just looking to connect with like-minded people and just like genuinely curious like when i i believe i I reached out to you and it was because i yeah and and i um and because you had gone through a sim- very similar thing, and then I did yeah, that, this is exactly, I reached out to you because I saw you transition, you were in software sales, and then I saw your IG on the podcast. And I was like, this yeah. dude is speaking my language. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, no. it's crazy. And, it and, and I literally, I, dude, I, I just wanted to, I'm like, how's it been? How are you doing? Like, what's, yeah. what's the road look like ahead? Um, and was looking for nothing but just to connect. And I think when I try to tell that to other guys in a league, it's like, don't, they're like guys trying to get into tech sales. Um, yep. Like genuinely just be curious. Don't, don't reach out to these guys because you might not like it, but just learn a little bit about the lifestyle. And then you get to understand what they've done to get to there and and potentially maybe they might like you enough to refer you and then you get an opportunity and that might happen but don't go into it thinking that you just want to learn and that that's more valuable than any other opportunity but like the more times you do that you might recognize something that you can add value to right like there's just so much power in networking and it's not it doesn't need to be like a I think like a transactional thing, which I think in in as an athlete, and in football. I, I think I was kind of wired that way, right? Like it's like not everybody can win. There's going to be a winner and a loser in football, and I think I, it's it's hard for me to get out of that sometimes. But in this world, in life after, everybody can win, and 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 truly believing that and understanding that is huge. And I think. And for athletes like that, some, I forgot who said that, but I was like, it is so true in sports. It's always a winner and loser, whether it's it. it internally the team you're going up against, there is no win-win, but right. in life it is win-win. And if you yep. genuinely reach out and network and you're curious, you just want to learn and connect with like-minded individuals. There's so many cool things that have just like naturally happened. And that I've been connected to just from being curious.
0: 100%. There's a, there's a quote. I got to look it up. Cause it's, it's so good i have i have a little note file on here of all these all these quotes i have but it's basically it it talks about the moment of taking action and and all the things that come with after that let me see bear with me very good okay it's by william hutchinson murray who i don't know the fuck that is but he was a smart person yeah (laughs) it says until one is committed there is hesitancy the chance to draw back, always in ineffectiveness, concerning all acts of initiative and creation. There's one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That moment one de- the, the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issue from the decision, raising in one's favors of all manner of unforeseen incidences. Meetings and material assistance with no man, which no man could have dreamed of would come his way. Whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. Um, so, I mean, that's just basically exactly what you said there. And it's like, you don't know what's going to come from putting yourself out there. And the truth is, is most people want to help you, man. Most people want to, want to be that, that, that bridge for you to get to that next stage or to that next, uh, you know, thought process for yourself. And, um, you'll, you would, you would never know that unless you went out there and, and, and put yourself out there. And there's, you know, that's a powerful thing, man, because it's, you're, you're, you're exposing yourself in a little bit of a way. You're saying like, Hey, look, I don't know what's going on here. I don't have the answer, but I know that you may, or you, you may know somebody that may, and and I'm, I'm willing to, to, you know, put myself in that, in that situation. So, um, I think. I think as an athlete and especially the higher you get up the levels, that network is, is, is expansive and it's a powerful one. Um, so lean on it, use it. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Um, and, and, and act now, you know I mean? That's the, I don't think you can say it any
1: better than that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I um I don't know. I never, I, I being, being vulnerable and, and realizing I don't have the answers has never really been that hard for me because I, I think because I've made it, as high as i have in the NFL and you just realize the people that you watch and think have all their shit figured out nobody does like you get nobody the people you whoever whoever it is they're all everyone's the same they just they've again probably worked a little bit longer a little bit maybe harder and have a little more experience and are further along ahead but they still go through the same shit the doubt the whatever it is that you're going through they just figured it out but um the networking is just so huge and and not engaging it in a transactional stage is huge i think that's as athletes i realized like what do i say it's like bro what are you curious about like just look right. at the guy's history it's like i just want to know you're an athlete like how has it been i would imagine right. you've gone through very similar things like what would you do what like what worked what didn't work and do you, like for me reaching out to people in software sales is like do you like it do you are you happy yeah. No. Yeah.
0: I'm joking. No. Yes. No. You're you're you you're spot on there, man. You're spot on, and I, I it's uh it's funny because the, the guys you're talking about, like it's they you see them, and it's like wow, this person must have un unbridled amount of confidence, and 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 you know the ability to do whatever they want because look at what they've been able to accomplish. But that's that's not the case, and. Um, whether it's in sports or whether it's in business or or whatever it may be. I mean, I've worked for for fortune fifty companies. I've I've rubbed shoulders with with people that you've heard their names multiple times and and you're like in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, man, they got it all figured out. And then you sit down and have a conversation with them or go through sales process with them or whatever it may be. And you're like, oh, you're just guessing too. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. that that and that's a comforting feeling to me. Because coming up, you're always so worried like, man, I'm never going to know enough. I'm not going to be able to position myself to be successful, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, is nobody else does either. And they're they're all just doing the best that they can, um, you know, given the circumstances. Now, you know, a lot of them are doing the things that we mentioned, and they're very consistent in those processes. And that's why they're consistently in in these situations. But I mean, everybody's faking it till they make it, man. That's just, that's just the
1: reality. I think there's a thing too With along the lines of the networking is you realize there's a common theme, you know, like there's a few things that start showing up. You're like, okay, he's doing the same thing. He's doing the same thing. He's doing the same thing. And that's where yeah. like the visualization thing that I, that I was talking about. I'm like, or being grateful, like some of these high performing people. I'm like, I keep hearing this, like the secret sauce of just like flipping their mindset from having a great being, uh, being grateful process. I'm like no way this could be it, but like it yeah. just keeps popping up. I'm like, there is some shit to it and um absolutely yeah that's one thing i think whatever you're navigating whether it's sports um in the software sales it's like go reach out to those people who are performing well learn a little bit about but don't reach out to just one and you're the more you keep reaching out and just being curious you start seeing these common themes and then there are a few things that keep popping up that you can just like all right i'm going to focus on this this and this and then let's get that in before we start adding more more shit to the fire for sure man
0: yeah, I mean, I think we're coming up on close to a two hour mark here. Yeah. So I don't want I don't want to talk people to death, but um ton of great stuff in here, dude. I, I really appreciate appreciate you hopping on. Um I mean, like we talked about in the past, like if I felt like you're reading my mind and vice versa. Um and that's yeah. a powerful thing, because right? it really comes down to the thing that we mentioned a few times is, is you're not alone and that there's people out there willing to help you and that have had these experiences before you and are currently going through these things. And and, and they're definitely willing to share and, and and give you the little nuggets that allowed them to get over the hump. So, um, David, man, I really appreciate it. Um, we'll definitely be in touch after this. I know I know you mentioned a few things um as far as like some of the resources what was the what was the when we first talked what was that network that you said you got involved with that was helping uh, former professional athletes make uh, that transition
1: the pro athlete community um pack and i think they are going to be like bridging into other sports and just football okay and and like again talk about just networking and like opening up opportunities like Again, I think you need to spend time with yourself, figure out what you like and want. But then once you kind of have an idea, have an access to like a, a resource like PAC where there are people at the highest levels that they give you access to, it's like, man, it's huge. And the people that are running and I know and are, are great people, but pro athlete community, it's Caleb Thornhill and um, Chip Powcheck. I'm going to say his last name wrong, but he's a CEO of 2U. Okay. And again, just kind of a crazy story on how they got together. But they yeah, are looking at that. Yeah.
0: So check that kind of stuff out, guys and girls. I mean, there's just there's so many resources out there. Obviously, reach out to, to us if, if you feel like uh you, you want to have a conversation, but um it's you know, it's people helping people, man, and, and that's what this whole thing is about is just is trying to get voice and, and let people know they're not alone. So appreciate you guys hanging on with us for this time. Um, David will be in touch, like I said, and uh thanks for the time, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks again for sticking around for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information, please visit us at our website at consciousathletics.net and or Instagram at consciousathletics. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit becooler.org.